Morning Drive Time. Welcome back. As always, I'm David Drum. And today I have with me Adam Hicks, Pastor Adam Hicks. Uh, he is author of Pain Not Wasted, but he is also campus pastor of Desperation Church in Jasper, Alabama. Uh, Adam, welcome to the program. So honored to be here, David. Uh, man, it's just, uh, I'm glad we could finally get together. And uh, man, I'm excited to chat with you. Well, I'm excited. Uh, and while I made reference to your, your book, uh, which I did get a chance to read, and it is, uh, what's cool is in talking with you, uh, kind of off recording about this book is, is where we're landing today. Um, and, and guys, I'm going to have the link to the book. It's a short read. I just like, this is guy proof. Um, it's, it's easy to digest, but it's hard to do. Um, and in talking with um, Adam about the book and really the, the context behind it, uh, what I came to realize is he never tells his side of the story in this book. And um, for me, I know when, when I have been wronged, when, when legitimately I am the victim of the situation, I want to make sure people understand why uh, I'm upset and, and, and how I got screwed in the deal. Um, but in our conversation, you basically pointed out that's not really the best way to go about things. So, so tell me more about that. Yeah, I think, David, the truth is, is no matter what has happened to us, you know, a lot of times we, if, if somebody wrongs us, our goal is to lash out at that person, expose them, maybe post on social media, letting everybody know, exonerate ourselves. And the truth is, is that we want people to feel the way that we do. We want our offenders to feel the way that we do. We want them to feel some type of pain, uh, rejection, embarrassment, humiliation, whatever. And the truth is, is that uh, healing, with, when it comes to healing from emotional pain, the ball is in our court. The moment I do not take responsibility for my pain, I become a victim. Okay. And that, that is the, um, uh, a lot of times, most of the time, really, uh, uh, we refuse to take responsibility for our pain um, or our healing, and then we become victims and we make others responsible for it. And we do all kinds of crazy things that we think will make us feel better. And, uh, and that's just not the case. It really, it's a, it's a lie of the enemy. And, um, and it's honestly human nature to do so, but um, our healing is not uh, dictated by anyone else, but us taking responsibility and allowing God to work. We just lost sound. <laughs> All right. Am I back? Yeah, yeah, you're back. You're back. All right. Thanks. Um, uh, for those of you watching and have watched for a while, you'll, you'll notice things look and sound a little differently on my end. Uh, still working through the technical difficulties of some upgraded equipment. Uh, and Adam's been gracious enough to uh, uh, bear with my, uh, my, my technical difficulties. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're saying like, okay, but, you know, my my instinctive response to, to that statement, and you said it's human nature, is, but it's not fair. Like, it's not right that 
that I have to just sit on this. And, and I get what you're saying about, um, you know, taking responsibility for my healing and for my pain and not putting that off on other people. But, but how, how do I deal with that, that sense of, I guess, bitterness uh, that's still bouncing around in my head and inside my heart? Yeah, um, not going. And I know that we'll, we'll talk more about the, about the book um, uh, later on, but even just to uh, reference a few resources, you know, um, John Bevere said in his book that he wrote a long time ago, it was called The Bait of Satan. He said, uh, when I'm hurt, then I live my life desiring the wrong done to me to be corrected. And so a lot of times people, they wait on an apology. They wait on somebody to take responsibility for what they did to you. But the reality of it is, is that we cannot control people. We cannot control our offender. We cannot control their response to what they did to us. The only thing we can do is control us and control how we heal. And so I can, it's honestly, how do you deal with the bitterness? It's a process that we can lay out uh, and talk about from the book, but how do I, I, I have to make a conscious decision of saying, okay, am I going to let this on me the rest of my life and be ticked off? Let it be a lens that I put over my eyes that I view the rest of my life through and every relationship through and every church through or, or whatever has hurt you, every friend group, every business partner, or can I heal and really see myself, see people and see God clearly? That's the choice. I can own my pain or I can let my pain own me for a season because no matter what has hurt us, uh, when I am physically wounded, if I do not treat that wound, you know, I, if I get physically cut, I'm not over there trying to fix the knife and dull the knife down where it never cuts me again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, if I do not treat that wound correctly, it's going to get infected. And if I let it go, I'm going to become septic and become very, very sick. It's the same way with emotional wounds. When I beget and when I get wounded emotionally, um, if if I just like with a knife, I'm not trying to fix them. I've got a wound here that needs to be dealt with. And if I do not treat it correctly, I, me, if I don't treat it correctly, then it's going to get infected. And then I'm going to become emotionally septic, which is the bitterness you're talking about. And not only me, but it. Every, every relationship I have becomes sick. Every person around me becomes emotionally sick. And I become just jaded, um, hurt, um, you know, um, always on guard, gloves up. I don't want to ever feel what I once felt. And there is another way. There is another option where you can be completely free, just as if it never happened. That's the deal that people, um, that no matter, no matter the severity of what happened to you, okay? Um, I, you know, even down to a young age, I've experienced sexual abuse, okay? I have, and it took me 19 years to tell anyone, all right? And so I just kind of like 
it's kind of the still, okay, do I, do I rot for the rest of my life and internally, do I have this part of me that I just never let somebody in on, or do I allow God to heal it and take responsibility for it? You know, um, I think the biggest, the biggest deal is, is, is doing healing from pain the way that God has called us to heal from pain, because he does have a way, he does have a formula. Most of the times we want to heal our way and it never works. And we wonder why, you know, and we're, um, I live in the Bible belt. So we're all Christians, you know, here. And so we can say, well, I've forgiven them, but I still hate them, you know, and, and you know, people can say the right things kind of, uh, but internally they're not, if they're really, really honest in their heart of hearts, they're not healed. God's way of healing is pretty much everything and every, everything you do not want to do. It's counterintuitive to everything that you feel. Man, that is a lot of really good information. And that analogy of, you know, you get cut, you don't go and try to, you know, dull the knife, you tend to the wound. Um, that's, that's probably the, the best illustration that I think you could give uh, for why we shouldn't spend our time trying to degrade the other person's character. Um, <clears throat> And again, in the, in the book, you don't get into the story of, of your past wounds and past pain. Um, and, uh, you know, we're not really talking about that today, but how hard was it for you? And, and this is something I want the guys to hear, because I think the challenge is always, but if you knew my pain, if you knew what I went through, you wouldn't tell me this. And uh, what, what little bit I know of, of your past and your story, uh, I would say you, you do know, um, but how hard was it in the season where you're like, man, I just, oh, I want to tell somebody, but how hard was it to, to do this yourself um, and, and not just smear that information everywhere? Yeah, it, it, that, that's a great question. And you know, you, you do have to have an outlet. It's just that the, the public is not your diary. And um, the truth is you have to have the right relationships. You have to have the right people in your life. Friends are everything, the right relationships. And um, uh, in, in, in the book, I call it the right voices, uh, right choices and so in pain there are some decisions you have to make and if you have the wrong voices in your life you're going to have people speaking to you through their undealt with pain you're going to have people um you know there's there is um affirmation hey i know that hurt and then there's what i call coddling a wound to where it just really just keeps it there and it's people who will begin to, it's almost like uh, when you begin to uh, have a conversation about someone who hurt you with a friend and then they're just validating it. And all of a sudden this relationship becomes all about um, like your hurt um, towards somebody and then they're just agreeing and you're just stirring this pot of bitterness and when you talk about something so much it gets in your bones uh, one of the ways that you can know that you're healing is when your conversations change 
when your talk changes. Um, but the, the right voices, people would ask, you know, well, what's the right relationships? It's people who love Jesus, they love you, and they love the ones who hurt you. The third part is the, is the kicker for a lot of people. And they don't have to be best friends with them. They just see them through the lens of Jesus because Jesus loves them just as much as he loves us. And, uh, and he wants to work in their life as well. And so it's people who love Jesus, uh, love you, and love the ones who hurt you. People who will meet you in your woundedness but won't allow you to stay there. And that is the, that's really the big kicker. And it was very, very difficult. I was blessed to have friends that never left uh, like my home <laughs> and, and never left my side and never quit calling me and never quit bringing food over. And uh, just a group of guys that took me on trips and, and just really let me be human. You know, you may be listening to this or watching this and thinking, well, I have a title. I have an important title before my name. One of the greatest things that uh, some of these guys, one of the greatest gifts these guys gave me is they said, you don't have to be Pastor Adam. You be Adam. You process, you say, you hurt, you are safe with us. You're safe with us. And you may be there, you know, watching and you may say, well, I don't really have that. And that doesn't mean that it's not available to you. But I do understand that, especially if you've been hurt by people, why would you confide in people? And why would you even go searching? Why would you join a small group? Why would you, you know, um, maybe it was a pastor who hurt you. Why would you go talk to a new pastor, you know? And, and, that, and that's the struggle. So I always tell people, if you feel like you don't have anybody, go to a counselor. Go to a counselor and begin to get it out and process it. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so I love uh, uh, Christian counsel. I love biblical counsel, but you'll find that in Christian counselors, they're not just going to preach at you and tell you a bunch of stuff that's over your head and just give you a, you know, and just say, Hey, just remember this Bible verse. And, 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 and that's your answer. And, you know, and that is absolutely amazing, but they are going to meet you where you are and they're going to teach you. See, all counseling is, is just teaching you how to think when you can't think for yourself. And I firmly believe this, especially for men listening, you know, there, there may be men who's like, man, I ain't going to a counselor. You know, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to go seek professional help. You know, that's for crazy people. I believe that every single person needs a counselor. And I believe that every single person needs a counselor. Not a, we always think counseling is for 911 situations, bad situations. We all need counsel in our life on a consistent basis. If we get counsel on the mountaintops of life, the valleys will not be as deep because we know what to do when they come. Uh, the, the mountaintops of life are where we relax, by the way. And so if you think about it, when there's money in the bank, you're not going to pay attention to the budget that much. You get what I'm saying? When marriage is great, you know, you may not be as intentional because it's just happening. It's great. But then all of a sudden you hit a valley. And I'm just telling you, when you're intentional, about wise counsel when life is great, then the valleys will not be as deep because you will have counsel, you have wisdom beyond yourself to be able to handle whatever situation comes. But I would tell, uh, you know, fellas, if you're, if you're watching or you're listening, you know, and you say, man, I, I really don't have that. And I work in a toxic environment where 
people, uh, they just really encourage me to stay in bitterness because they're bitter. I would say, um, just with all due respect, hey, lay the pride down and go get help. You will be glad that you did. And, uh, and also, um, you know, that you may get there your first appointment and they may talk about a bunch of stuff that you don't want to talk about yet because you're going in there with the problem, but they want to discuss the seeds of the problem as well. And so there's patience and there is a place where pride has to continuously be just like we have to lay it down um, uh, to the point where I've even seen men attend one counseling appointment and then they never go back. They just say, yeah, I just said uh, the counseling didn't work. And it's because they didn't let it work. It's because we are more in love with events than we are process. We want it right now. And the deal is, is it is a process, just like it's a process to lose weight. And the first few weeks, you're not seeing results. You're going to the gym, you're eating right, you're killing yourself, and man, you're just not seeing results. But over time, you begin to see results, okay? You will be so glad that you did. And uh, I'm just speaking directly to the fellas there for a second. No, that's good. So um, as you and I discussed, you know, being drive time, we, we like to land on something tangible. We like to, to leave um, the episode with, you know, it's Monday, we have the whole week to work on this. What's the thing that we, we should do this week, or maybe in this case should not do this week? Um, what's it, what's your challenge for us this week, Adam? I would say this week, and I'll just go into chapter one of the book this week. It is the chapters in the book are not steps. They are process. It's a layers. You're doing them all at the same time. But the biggest mistake that most people make is when I get hurt. And I don't know about you, David, but I have I've had a lot of surgeries and a lot of broken bones. I grew up on four wheelers and I was a wrestler in high school and, you know, I've torn ligaments and all that stuff. And the first thing I said to the doctor when I was hurting, when I got to the emergency room is doc, knock me out, give me something. I don't want to feel this. And the reality of it is we do that with emotional wounds. And so for some people out there who you're hurting, the very first step to healing is to choose to feel what has actually happened. A lot of people, they have, uh, they have masked this. And so some people, if they've been hurt, that's why I'm most, I'm telling you nine out of 10 addicts, I would say 10 out of 10 people who struggle with addiction, whether it be alcoholism or drugs or anything like that, there was a significant event that hurt them so badly that they did not want to feel. They did not want to feel, and so they found something. And we can do that with anything. It's not just drugs and alcohol that causes us not to feel. And when you've been hurt, a few too many drinks sound incredible. Like, that sounds incredibly good just to escape. I don't want to feel this. Some people, um, uh, you know, speaking of addiction, they can try and porn away the pain, something that just shocks your system enough to the point of where I don't feel this for a second. Uh, another one, and this is advice people have given, I've given this in the past way years ago, but hey, just keep yourself busy, keep yourself busy. And, um, and that's the response I get from a lot of people who are hurting. It's like, man, I'm just keeping myself busy. And they're still not choosing to feel the pain, feel it, face it, and embrace it. Uh, my drug, honestly, was sleep. 
I slept the first month um, uh, after uh, my ex-wife uh, had left. I slept the very first month of the, uh, you know, of that whole process. And the Lord spoke to me one morning and he said, get up. He said, you can feel this now, or you can still be talking about it 20 years from now out of bitterness. And that, that it changed me. I got up, I went to the gym. Uh, we live in a small town. And so everybody knows you. And so I went to the gym strangers were hugging me for an elongated period of time <laughs> you know it was just it was just awkward but I just began to face the awkwardness and um didn't divulge into anything I just went on and began to feel okay this is my reality now um that's when panic attacks started when I began to just not sleep because uh, I didn't want to feel this when panic attacks started um, and I'd never had panic attacks before. Uh, but I would say um, in those moments, um, it's just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I'm, I'm going to give the practical application before we're done. I hope we're good on time. Um, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, you think about these three uh, bold guys who stood when nobody else would. And, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, this is the, the ASV version. Uh, the Adam standard version it is hey guys hey when this band plays y'all are going to bow to this statue and if you don't you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace and so band plays everybody bows except these three bold guys and they have kind of an argument that's very very bold uh, to Nebuchadnezzar and he turns the fire up seven times hotter throws them into the fire and uh, the guys who threw them in became ash like they burned up it was so hot and, you know, he looks over uh, into the furnace and he says, we threw three guys in the fire, but I see four and one of them appears to be the son of man. And um, here's what I want you to understand. Here's the takeaway. If you're hurting out there, you what we really want is God to change the situation. Here's the tough news. God will sometimes allow the situation to get seven times hotter. Hmm. He he will um, allow it to get more and more difficult before the Lord changes our circumstance. He wants to first meet you in the middle of it. And so here's what I would say, the takeaway this week, choose to feel it. If you're doing anything that is choosing you not to face your reality, that, that you're choosing, it's making you choose not to face your reality to feel your pain, to not masking it with anything else, get rid of those things. And then I want you to invite Jesus into your pain. I'm done masking this Lord. I'm done. I'm done for me. It was okay. I'm done sleeping. And I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know the process. I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but all I know is, is I want you to meet me in the middle of it. I need you now. And I love Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. What that means is, is if your heart is broken, God is attracted to you. He's attracted to you. He wants to be close to you. And whether you feel him or not, that doesn't matter. This thing's never been about feelings. It's always been about faith. And so bite him into your pain this week. That is the first step. Um, and we can get into the nitty gritty 
uh, on our next one, but I would say start there, as simple as it sounds. Uh, whatever you're doing to distract yourself, begin to feel it and invite Jesus into it. That's great. Well, Adam, like I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to our next time on here. And, and guys, uh, I'm going to put the link to where to find uh, uh, Pain Not Wasted on Amazon. I'm going to put that link in our description. Um, Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks for spending time with us. I know you so, got a lot going on there in Alabama. Uh, but uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, bringing you back on again in the future. I'm excited. I can't wait. All right, gentlemen, that's the challenge. There's a whole backstory to it. We'll get into that the next time Adam's with us on Drive Time. We'll see you again next week here on Drive Time.